This is your first time. Welcome to the Move Swiftly podcast. If you're back as a regular, buckle up once again, because here we go. Here we go. You guys know me. You guys, if you guys have been keeping up with me, you know, Todd is like my motherfucking boy from day (laughs) one. You know, one of my day one guys. I knew him back when he had hair and all that. And luckily, (laughs) luckily. Luckily, man, you know, he met this fantastic young lady that, uh, you know, she she wrote she didn't write a whole book. Well, actually, she did write a book. We'll get into that later. But she co-authored a book. She co-authored a book named Women Who Think Outside the Box. And let me tell you, this is a true story. I didn't get this book because of her. It was actually Dr. Sober is another lady that was on on the show. I got the book because of her. But Jamie has a chapter in that book, like I mentioned. And I was absolutely blown away. <laughs> you guys know I read a lot of books. And whenever I read something, I was absolutely blown away. So I reached out. And thankfully, she had time to, to be a guest here. So with all that, Jamie, how are you doing today, sister? Oh, my gosh. As one, thank you for such a generous and beautiful introduction. I love that you <laughs> say that you knew Taj back when he had hair. Back when he had hair, bro. <laughs> And just thank you for the love and the acknowledgement. It feels really good to be here and be on your show. I love, I've listened to a few of your podcasts of your episodes and I, and I just love what you're about. And I love your passion for people and just loving on people. So thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I actually, I got to be careful with that because I'm starting to lose my, lose a little here myself. So <laughs> that's, that's probably jinxing it. <laughs> you know, that's probably jinxing it. But you know, let, let's jump right into it because you know, the, the big thing with me when it comes to writing is how how much of yourself you give. And you did not expect to touch me the way you touched me. And what really struck me about your chapter was the fact that you didn't know who your parents were. And, they, you know, again, I love my mother and father very, very much. They I owe them the world. I love them so much. They've, they've been there for me. But there were times in which the, I was confused about their relationship or there there were things that were hidden much like you expressed some things that were hidden so what about that where where did that courage to tell your story come from I don't I don't want to say too much and spoil the chapter go get the book people but (laughs) I I do want to ask you about where you found the courage to be so you know to to, to be so open about that Mm, well thank you for that um for sharing that and You know, I think it really came from me being complete within myself. If I didn't have that 
complete, like if I didn't heal that part of my childhood, if you will, then there's no way I could have shared that with others. And Mm. I just look back on that time and it was tough. I mean, just for context um, to the listeners, if you haven't read the book, um, I found out that my dad was someone else when I was 13 years old and my experience at the time. And I, you know, had this man that was in my life who I thought was my dad, but when I was 13, found out he wasn't, and he found out that I wasn't his daughter. And so my biggest fear at the time was like, is he still going to want to be my dad? And, Mm. you know, the mind of a 13 year old girl, I loved him to death. And, you know, after the completion and the conversations we've had, and just the love that continued to cultivate over the years, despite the Mm -hmm. reality that he's not my birth father, we've gotten closer and closer and he's now 80 years old. You know, (laughs) he hasn't been formally diagnosed with like Alzheimer's or any of these things. And, you know, he's a Vietnam veteran. He Mm -hmm. doesn't remember things. He calls me and you can ask Taj, he'll some days call me 15, 20 times a day. Wow. And so um, I'm so grateful that I went through that because I know that there's somebody in the world who maybe they know who their dad is, but maybe they don't have that love cultivated in that very vital relationship. And my hope, like my only hope is that there's one person who can read that and just say, you know what, I'm going to go cultivate that love with my dad because why not? Mm -hmm. And he's the one I was given. Yeah. And you know, I, I, man, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, I'm trying to think back to what I was thinking about at 13 years old. <laughs> 13 years old, I, I believe, I want to say you're in high school or you're trying to lose your virginity. And there, there's so many, it, it's the truth. And, and this isn't, this is some real shit right now because at 13, most kids are getting into that serious relationship, especially, you know, I didn't start taking women seriously till later on in life, but women specifically are taking that relationship with a man so seriously, even before that age. And, you know, for you to go through something like that, the healing, it it must've taken a lot of healing. So can you just kind of elaborate when you say heal yourself, what kinds of things did you do? Because the, the listeners, myself included, I think are going to benefit a lot about what, what you did to heal yourself before you were able to to tell that story. Oh, thank you for asking that question. And I mean, it took a few years, you know, at 13 to 16, I would say I was still so angry and rightfully so. I think part of the human experience is to experience anger. It's not something that should be suppressed or mowed over. And that's a whole nother topic, but anger deserves to be expressed. And you know, at that time I was very angry. I was, and I don't think that you can get to the real healing, the forgiveness, the compassion, the empathy, the gratitude Mm -hmm. without experiencing that super vital anger. And Mm. so for a few years, I, I was very angry and um, rightfully so, rightfully so. Yes. And I, I mean, you got to think that's right at the beginning of your high school career. You know, you got a lot of girls and you grew up in Cali again, a lot of fine women out there, a lot of competition. You know, <laughs> listen, I, I had my best friend was a girl, so you had to compete with that, but then not knowing a lot of, and then there's a lot of idiot guys who just want sex. So you had to deal with that, you know, on top of us and, you know, just the, the what you were dealing with as a high school kid. Yeah. And, you know, like it, it I do think that it, um, having quote unquote daddy issues, you know, yeah. 
and I'll speak for myself, I definitely was looking for uh, valid, like to feel valid and to feel important mm-hmm. in the eyes of these young boys, these young men yeah. in yeah. school. And, you know, so um, yeah, to speak to what you were saying, I mean, <clears throat> I went and tried to look for that, look for that love and that feeling mm-hmm. of being wanted and being desired. Because when that happened, when I was 13, it was like, I shouldn't be here. I was a mistake. I ruined everything. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. how, how did I get to come into this human experience? This should have never happened. Mm. And so, you know, throughout high school, I had certain experiences mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I look back now and, and for anybody who can resonate with that, where you mm-hmm. were in high school, you were kind of, you know, promiscuous mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever word we want to use. And just for right. super transparency, like people called me a slut and a hoe mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. high school. Right. So if you're a woman and you're listening to this, um, something that I did was I went back to that time, not with the intention of reliving that trauma, quote unquote, but mm-hmm. to really love on that 13, 14, 15, 16 year old girl. Like wow who I am now and tell her like my love you are yes. so loved you are so yes. loved and it's okay that you're feeling upset and angry and sad and you know what I get it and you it is okay to do that and I love you and I will never leave you and I will mm. always be here for you mm. and that is I think such important work to do and leads into inner child work which we can talk about in a second but yeah that well yeah you led me you really led me into that's where I was gonna go but I I just have to bring this up because you you well first of all my niece is 13 now and you know Mm -hmm. she's her parents aren't together anymore so again I appreciate you sharing that and being as transparent as you are because I know Jada you better be listening understand (laughs) look you better be listening but also in your chapter you you quote one of my favorite people Miss Marianne Williamson and I think it's the famous quote everyone knows that all the people that are in the coaching know our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate deepest fear that we're powerful beyond measure it's our strength not our lightness that most for I could I have this speech memorized I won't do it on here but <clears throat> as I as I get and you know, I want to get your definition on inner child work I just kind of want to put that put that put you in that mindset of our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate so with that can you can you really just kind of give us a definition on what inner child work is you started alluding it to alluding to it just now but you can just go ahead yeah well I think that inner child work uh kind of originated as part of different therapy and you know psychotherapy and talk therapy uh, being facilitated in that kind of way, but as it's kind of evolved now, it, it's really having the intention to bring more play and joy and excitement and wonder into one's life. And a part that is often missed from what I see mm-hmm. is the, um, the cultivation of trust between the inner child and the inner adult. In inner child work, quote unquote, a lot of Um, from what I've seen, a lot of people will go straight into that. Okay. How can I, you know, forgive my inner child and like have more play and have more fun, but they're missing a vital part, which is that trust between like adult me and little me. And that relationship is so important. And 
I believe is like the genesis of true transformation. But when you say trust between adult me and inner me, what can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. Yeah. Like little me um, Mm -hmm. might have a kind of tantrum or something, right? Like might be upset over something. And for example, I'll use me and Taj in our relationship as an example. Mm -hmm. If he does something, I'll use this example, put this really on the board. An hour ago, he was taking a nap. I went in our bedroom and I gave him a few kisses and I said, um, and he started to wake up a little bit. And I said, do you want to go out to dinner after I'm done with this call with Aswan? And he said, baby, I'm, I'm, I'm so tired. Like I'm just waking up. Like, oh my gosh, I can barely function right now. And little me inside said, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't care. And he's so rude. And, you know, he just cares about himself. And he just like, he, he doesn't care, me, uh, care about me and I'm not important to him. So the little mm-hmm. me goes off, right? Like annoyed, like, uh, whatever. And then this is the part, this is the part that is so vital is right. that adult Jamie stepped in and said to little Jamie, my love, I know you feel like you're not important. And you know what? You are so important. You don't need anybody outside of you and I and God to tell you that and to remind you of that. You are so important. You are so loved. You are so heard. And you know what? If Taj doesn't want to go get dinner with us, you and I can go get dinner somewhere. And I'll always be here with you. And then there was this experience of like safety, of calmness, of ease um, that I think you know, is not, is not very common in the whole spectrum of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So where do you kind of like, all right, so where do you draw the line though? Because, and this isn't, you know, I'm not throwing any shade at Taj. I know you're a great guy, but there's some women who (laughs) would tolerate too much of that. You know what I'm saying? Like they might hear you speaking now and say, okay, Maybe I'm just trying, like, where, where do you draw the line when it comes to I'm being taken advantage of or this person really is genuinely tired? Yeah. Well, you want to use your discernment. And mm-hmm. one of the, you know, biggest ways to, like, go against discernment is comparison by asking myself. Ooh, like, there you go. Yes, yes. This- that, that's what I was trying to get you through, right? Yeah, like right. comparing <laughs> right. this to what you see on TV or yes. like what social media says. Because look, I know my man. I know yeah. Tosh. I know that mm-hmm. he's not an asshole. You know, yes. he can be an asshole, just like I can be a bitch. He's right. a human being as am I. And it's not like every single day, 24 hours a day, he's like, I'm too tired, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, Which isn't yeah. exactly what happened anyway. It's just that little little girl, Jamie, little Jamie, mm-hmm. went and made what he said mean that he doesn't care about me. So use your discernment and, um, and yeah, take a step back. Take a step back and look at like, is this who this person really is? Um, and you know, there's such a fine line between forgiveness and compassion Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. also like having boundaries and honoring the human being within me. Yes. So, and and well, that, I think you, you really hit the nail. It's that comparison factor that we are all very subject to. He and I went through when we were in college and we were told we have to be with a certain person that has a certain degree or has a certain major. Like we were, listen, there were times in which he, 
he would ask me what my major is and all this kind of shit. And I'm like, you're asking the wrong questions. Like we're all wired to think a certain way. So it's almost like we have to unlearn everything that's been brought into us. And that that's really what I wanted to ask you is like, how do we make this thing something that's very practical for adults? Because this is, I mean, what we're talking and we get it. We, you know, we love people and we, we're very open to new things, but we're almost like having to fight what's naturally within us and and go and, and go about doing this work and go about fixing the world, go about teaching people how to get into this world or understand what we're doing. Yeah. To speak to what you said, I think mm-hmm. a big part of it is to remember that we are souls, we are spirits, we are a, a portion of God having a human experience. And if we can remember who we really are underneath the programming, the brain, the mind, the 3D humanness, we can really Mm -hmm. get to like, ultimately who we are at the core of it all is just love, is love Mm. and trust and God. Um, Mm -hmm. And so trusting in that. And and just so we're clear though, it's not, it's not religion. You know what I'm saying? It's that when we say God, and it, it's natural within us to, to start thinking, oh, Christian, that person doesn't do this. That person doesn't do this. It is just, it's a higher power. Yeah, and right. that is the piece I think that we lose a lot of people because we think it's religion. And if we're not aware that everyone has a bit of God in them, not necessarily God as a Christian, but they have this all fun. All of us are fundamentally wired to want to be yes. happy. All right. of us. Every last one of us, I want to be happy. So there's no difference between me, Jamie, uh, Darren, Todd. It doesn't All of us want to be happy doing something. It doesn't matter whether you, you went to school. I mean, you guys don't know this, but Jamie was working at a Marriott. You know, she wasn't at some fancy college, right? You know, and, and, and I say that because we get so judgmental when we start thinking God or somebody might see you. They might see the tattoos or whatever. And we immediately turn you off. I ain't listening to that, girl. You know, she, she's doing, she's a weirdo, whatever. And I want people to understand that shit. You know, it's not just about, you know, the, the, what you see on TV. It's so much more than that. I'm sorry. I get, you know, when people say good shit, he'll tell you when people say good shit, I get a little round, round up, <laughs> but go ahead. I don't even know if I cut you off. Or no, no, not at all. <laughs> I just want to add to what you were saying, because that's so important though. Like when I say God, that's just the yeah. word that works for me. But mm-hmm. for a while, I couldn't say that. I, I actually mm. grew up in a, what some people might call a cult. And I learned the prayer of this Philippine organization when I was three years old and I left it when I was 18. And so it was based mm. in um, Catholicism, but it took a different turn where there was, you know, they had a man, they called him the master and it was like a blessing to be impregnated by him and all of these things. Wow. And, um, and so I, when I left it, I was like atheist. <laughs> wow. I was like, I am That's not crazy. going anywhere near God. I don't believe in anything. I believe in humanity and humans and yeah. the good humans. Right. And yeah. then I started, and that's kind of around the time that I met Taj. Mm-hmm. And then I started exploring different kinds of spirituality and beliefs. And then it turned into universe. Like I believe in the universe. And for some people, mm-hmm. if that's where you're at, I completely respect it, that the universe is within all of us, right? 
or mm-hmm. it could be a source, or it could be whatever you believe in. But ultimately, it's just that. It's finding what works for you and not being ashamed of it and not judging your own views and also not judging, you know, someone else's. So I love what you said. And God is just the word that resonates most with me now as like mm-hmm. the most high. Mm-hmm. And, and that, well, I mean, that, that I think what you said also really tells a great story because, and I want all the listeners to really listen into what I'm telling you. She was in a cult, which is also like a religion, like something that you have to do. And as soon as she got out of it, she said atheist. So when you turn this thing into a religion, you look at the result for the kids. Just think about it. You know, I went to a Catholic school too, where they told me, oh, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. But you see these same people doing it, but it's okay because it's a religion or they know this, they know that. When you start pushing religious shit or religion and making people feel like they have to be of a certain cult, the result is atheist. Like the result is someone, as soon as she gets a freedom, I'm out the door. I don't even, I'm done. I'm done with it. So I hope everyone that's listening really, really understand that really understand the realities and and what you're doing to the kids when you push this religious stuff on them yeah yeah really and we've talked about it like when we raise our children we Mm -hmm. really want to be so open with them and accepting of what their views are and maybe even like share with them different options (laughs) and like give them the space and the freedom to be their own human being. And I think this is such a common thing as a parent. It's so easy to want to like mold this little human into what you think, what I think is the yeah. best, is the best possible human being. But I only have one view. I only yeah. have my perspective. How can I actually know what's best for this human being? I don't know. Only they know. And, well. um, and trusting in that God source universe that brought this human being, this soul mm-hmm. to this world, like that that soul knows their mission, that they're going to figure it out, that they're a powerful human being, regardless of yes. how little and small and young, like they're powerful. They know yes. what they're here to do. We just got to give them the space to go and create what they came here to do. Yeah. My, my mother had a similar concept. She, uh, she she told me that, you know, religion was never something she wanted to force on me. And I wrote about this in my, my first book, Swiftly. It's like religion. Actually, I titled that chapter Church Bullies because I've been bullied a lot when it comes to my name and stuff like that. But she told me that, you know, I never wanted to force religion on you guys. I want you guys to figure it out on your own. And as I met people that grew up in the church, I mean, I see exactly why she's like that, because there's there's no getting around that religion aspect of it. And that, you know, Jamie, that that brings me to my next my next point is what's your approach? Because I know you have a curriculum in which you offer this this kind of services and offer this kind of work for a fee. What is your approach to parents or or adults who have this know-it-all mentality? You know, how are you able to talk them off the ledge because in a way they 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 have it in their head I've dealt with tons of parents when they know they know you know I know it all you know what's your approach to parents when you're trying to offer your services or tell them about what you do I first want to acknowledge that something that shows up in my own programming is like I Mm -hmm. already know that and I already know what to do and I already know 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it shows up for me in my programming, just for anybody who's listening that might feel attacked right now, it shows up for yeah. me too. And like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not, you're not acting like you're better than right. You're like, yo, I go through the same thing. Yeah, definitely. I got you. <laughs> and, and what I want to create is that like, it's a really powerful thing to remember that when certain behavior is coming through like that, it's really just a scared or upset five, six, seven year old child that's coming through. Like, I know what's best. I already know. And you can't tell me what to do kind of, wow. you know, kind wow. of being. And so if we can keep that in mind, like, wow, okay, what happened? What happened to give mm. you that point of view that you have in the world? Let's talk about it. Let's uncollapse it because the impact of you having that view is robbing you of love, mm. fulfillment, joy, prosperity in your relationships, probably in your business or in your career, in mm-hmm. your growth and development, because there's no way getting through there with that five-year-old wow. running the show. And so it's just a matter of uncollapsing it, having people see like, oh shit, I've been, I've been being a seven-year-old kid. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, to kind of piggyback off that is I think you two have to show them what the result is, like what's really happening to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there's I used to work at a gym and there's tons of them who get plastic surgery. I mean, they would be in such a mess drinking like one, like day and night and they have control over it. Right. They know it all when you see what's really happening, when you show them what's really happening to the person, it's like, I, they don't even want to look in the mirror, but it, they're so stuck in their own way that it's, there's nothing they could do. You know, I'm, I've, I've felt like a therapist in many situations. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and speaking to what you just shared, mm-hmm. it's like when we are consistently like being in that seven-year-old or whatever way of being, it's never mm-hmm. going to be enough. It's like speaking to never. the surgery example, like never, never. Enough. Yeah. There's always going to be something else to change, to fix yeah. about me. Yeah. But the, Absolutely. I think one of the biggest revelations that a human being can get to and keep getting to is that I am whole, perfect and complete lacking nothing. There is no fixing or changing that needs to happen here that I am made whole, perfect, and complete. Nothing missing. And nothing know, missing. Nothing missing. Yep. And when we can get to that place, it's going to disappear. And then we get to that place again, and it's going to disappear. And we get to that place again. And soon enough, that muscle gets built of, I don't need anything outside of what I am already given. I have mm-hmm. every body part that I need. I have the butt mm-hmm. that I have. I have the mm-hmm. boobs that I have. I have everything that I have and it's perfect. There's nothing missing mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah, actually it was, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was, it was Marianne Williamson again, who said this about forgiveness. She said that when you just forgive people and you just move on, there's two things that are gonna happen. People will behave, people will change how they act or you oh. won't care, or you won't care. One of the two things, like when you forgive, and you just move on. He's like, look, it, that person's off me. They're going to either behave differently or you won't care. Mm. You guys I get that? That's, that? that's a beautiful way to live. 
I want to speak to what you just said. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of personal development and a coach mentor. No, you? (laughs) A coach and mentor of mine. His name is Mario (laughs) Shea, and he has a personal development company called Goat Swin. Amazing programs in this company. And one of the things that he stands for is being the space of something. And Mm -hmm. I kid you not, when I am the space, like not just I'm going to be loving, but like who I am, who Jamie is, Mm -hmm. is an entire space of love. Guess what shows up in my life? Love. Love shows up consistently. Like Mm -hmm. the other day, I was here in my office and I, Taj walks in and I'm like, who I am is a space of love. And Taj and I hadn't seen each other all morning. He was working. I was working. He walks in and he says, I miss you. I just want to Mm. spend time with you all day today. And Mm -hmm. I promise you, had I not created myself as the space of love, he wouldn't have been able to see that because I would have been busy, busy working. What's next? What's next? You know, I need some water versus Mm -hmm. the space of love. So speaking to what you're saying, you can be the space of forgiveness, compassion, joy. And guess what? That's what's going to show up in your space. I promise you, try it on. Let me know how it goes. I want to hear about it. Um, in my experience, works every single time. All right, man. But I gotta, I gotta put an apology out there, man. Taj, if any of the football players are listening from Stony Brook in the locker room, guys, I'm sure I'm sorry I didn't tell her to say, say that about you, bro. You know that's not as macho, but just it shows how much we've grown. It shows how much we've grown. But if if he was to walk in the locker room and say that, you know, I miss you and all that, he might have gotten. <laughs> So my bad, bro. I didn't mean to put that out there, but hey. Yeah, for <laughs> you sure. Know, it's all good. We're all grown now. We're all over 30. So yeah, we gotta we gotta, you know, get on our, our grown man shit now. So uh JB, like I said, man, we could probably we could chop it up for hours, man. But I really want to get to your I know you're gonna put a second book out there. I believe you call it it's the say the name again. The name of the book is called The Sacred Feminine, a collection of insights from the higher self. Okay, so can you just talk a little bit about that and when that's coming yes, out and what's absolutely. next and going on? So I am so blessed and grateful to be one of the facilitators of this book. And we have 20 total women writing about all kinds of things under the umbrella of the sacred feminine, talking about femininity and how to be the power in being feminine in a masculine environment and things like plant medicines and things like um, 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 sound healing and sound meditation. And I'll be talking about the inner child and sacred marriage and relationship and conscious mm. relationship. Um, and, you know, so many other 20 total topics and such a powerful, powerful book. Um, and it comes out in November. We're going to have a virtual retreat um, at that same time of the launch date so in November if you keep up with me on social media stuff which I think we'll get into in a second um, yeah I'll, I'll give you a chance to plug all that awesome yeah and uh, you can stay up to date with when that comes out okay so just go ahead you could go ahead and plug all your social media <laughs> so that people can. okay good no, but wait when does it when does it come out now November in November so so we're in the editing phase um, right okay. now the authors have all gotten their uh first edit back so there's going to be another edit so anyway long story short it comes out in november fantastic the world cannot 
wait for that. Uh, so uh, how can people get in touch with you, your socials and all that kind of stuff? So the best way is on Instagram. I'm on there most of the time. Um, it's, and I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram, but you mm-hmm. can um, keep up with me there at Jamie Lindquist and it's Jamie with two I's, J-A-I-M-I-E Lindquist, which I won't spell out because it's long as hell. And I know that Aswan will put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, I have I have Crookshank, so we're, we're very similar when it yes. comes to that. <laughs> it's not easy having a challenging last name. So no. And you have a challenging first name, too. Challenging yeah. first and last. I don't know if anyone at Stony Brook actually knew my real name. They all called me Crunk. So, you know, it, school was rough, man. So a lot of the things you say, and it just leads into the anti-bullying and all the shit that I've had to deal with and listen to over the years like when you say that people called you a slug i was treated in a very similar i always tell people i was treated in a very similar way that you would treat a girl that you just used because i played football and i was only i was recruited to that school because of the programs i played for but i didn't have any family any friends or anything like that in that school so it it was really a triggering thing. <laughs> I've been very reluctant to bring it, like to, to give people too much of the child because I wanted I want you guys to go out and read it. But it really, really hit home and it really triggered me. I mean, he'll tell you I don't, you know, I don't just put any female on the podcast. There's been a lot of ladies that have come on and done their thing, but man, to to put it all out there and to to do your thing, you know, just gotta give you a flower. So before I officially close i want to give you the mic to speak to anything you want to say you know any kind of takeaways any gems you want to leave us with the mm-hmm. mic and phone is yours jamie well one, one thing that i want to say is like healing and completion and moving mm. forward are all beautiful things you know the compassion the forgiveness and all these things are but we can't actually get there without letting ourselves feel the entire yes. spectrum of what's meant to be felt and so, you know, feel the anger, express the anger, wow. you know, obviously don't do it in an irresponsible way by like slashing somebody's tires, but do it in a safe, sacred container and know that you deserve to be heard and yeah. you are here to be heard. You just are. So yeah. my invitation to anybody who's listening is if you feel that you have some kind of anger, sadness, guilt, shame, resentment, uh, grief that you're holding on to, please go and express it. You expressing that, like the world is counting on it. And just by you doing that, you become the space for other people to be heard and seen, known and loved. Um, and I'm happy to be a resource to hear you, to see you and to just hold you to the badass human being that you are. Please get in touch with me. My website is the same as my social media handle. Um, or, you know, Facebook, I'm not on there too much, but my website and Instagram are the best ways to get in touch with me. And I hope to hear from you. I I really do hope to hear from somebody listening today. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Don't be afraid, guys. Take the mask off. You're only suffering. Do not suffer alone, guys. As always, everyone continue to move swiftly and we will talk more soon. Just yesterday, you were a
to stand so tall I used to be so strong Your arms around me tight Everything felt so right Unbreakable Like nothing could go wrong Now I can't 